It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Rangers are through to the Europa League knockout round with a game to spare after seeing off Standard Liège. Celtic's attackers found some form, but the leaky defence continued with a 4-2 defeat in Milan. And Dundee United are without nine isolating players and the manager for tomorrow's trip to Livingston. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Jim Duffy and Hugh Keevans. There are no words necessary from me where Celtic are concerned. One look at their Europa League group Speaks volumes, one point from 15 17 goals lost, more than any other team in the competition And it leads me to one inescapable conclusion Celtic are easy to beat Unlike Rangers, all credit to Steven Gerrard and his players Undefeated, at home or away, in Europe or domestic football There's one heck of a day coming up in the Premiership on Sunday yeah, I mean, I think we have first of all have to congratulate um, Rangers and Steven Gerrard for his team's performance uh, coming back from two one down to one three two showed a great resilience character and ultimately the ability to do that and I think the belief is there and we've heard that um, questioned at times by uh, Neil Lennon on his team. He says that they need to find belief. The only way you can do that is by getting a run of consistency and positive results. The hope it starts this weekend against St Johnson. Oh one four one nine five one one. 1025. That is the number you need to get in touch and have your say this evening. If you'd rather tweet, you'll find us there at Clyde S. SB. It might all sound very calm on here But you should see Hugh Keevans He's been getting himself all worked up Because we've had all manner of technical difficulties We've been relocated Hugh We've been kicked out of our usual house We are in temporary accommodation But Super Scoreboard fights on And I sound as if I'm down a lift shaft <laughs> No you sound better than ever <laughs> Which is uh, not much use But uh, I've got the uh, the I've got the uh, Screwdriver and the inside mm. pocket Jim I'll, I'll set to work during the commercial break yeah, I mean, listen, it's not the first time Hugh's been decanted in his, in his time, but, uh, you know, normally not from Clyde Bank. So, yeah, I mean, listen, we had a, a couple of difficulties there, but uh, producer Andy uh, managed He's to save the day, and, uh, you know, we're back on track, ready to go. Right, 01419511025. That is the number you need to have your say tonight. Rangers fans, how pleased are you to be through with a game to spare? What did you make of the match last night? Celtic fans, where are we? Did we see anything that makes you feel a bit. Better about the way things are at the moment Or was it the same old Considering the goals that were conceded Another banner displayed outside Celtic Park today Another statement from the Green Brigade Does that speak for you, that banner? Because I know loads of Celtic fans will be listening Some with the same view Some with different views Does that banner speak for you tonight? Where are we? Where, where are you with the way things are at your club at the moment? Are you managing to find a bit of um, a bit of support for Neil Lennon or is it still very much as you were before last night? 01419511025 The manager's determined to take positives from the defeat to AC Milan. It was 4-2, it was a dead rubber of course but they were 2-0 up early on in the match and the manager says there were improvements after a tough few weeks but do you agree? No, um, we've taken the game to Milan Um Try to get a bit of respectability back there, performance, and I think I got all that tonight. And they looked, you know, more far more like themselves. I thought, um, like I said, I thought the scoreline again doesn't do us justice, but uh, I think there's a lot to be positive about going forward now. You know, the players at times showed what they're really capable of tonight. You know, 
I don't think I've ever been involved with a team that's gone 2 0 up at the San Siro, regardless of the circumstances. And the quality of chances we created, and having to, they had to rely on their goalkeeper to keep the keep them in the game. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sitting here disappointed. Obviously, it's another defeat. It's a sore one to take. But um, you know, I'm also very proud of the reaction and their their will to. You know, put on a performance and we look far more like the Celtic team that I know Is that going to wash with the Celtic fans tonight Hugh Keevans? No no. Every word he utters at the moment uh, will be written down and used in evidence against him There are no positives in losing 17 goals in your Europa League group There are no positives in having one point out of 15 There are no positives in being 11 points behind Rangers The banner does not speak for all the Celtic supporters That particular group The Green Brigade Has never spoken for all of the Celtic supporters But all of this Banners, barricades What happened last Sunday All of it is consistent With a club who are deep in trouble And the, the supporters Young, old, men, women Green Brigade, non-Green Brigade They all know it I suppose it depends how you come at this Jim Duffy was it better than Sunday? Obviously Because Sunday was the absolute low point So in that respect There were improvements And Celtic troubled AC Milan In a way that they couldn't even trouble Ross County But as Hugh says There's a big picture here Which is concerning the Celtic fans And it looked just to be the same old In terms of trying to keep it out at the other end Yeah, I mean you put things in perspective You're not playing against um, You know, Ross County You're playing against yeah, A European giant in AC Milan but, uh, you know, so Celtic, you know, they did rise to the occasion to start with and maybe maybe Milan uh, underestimated them, who knows. But, you know, you've got to give credit for the, the, the start. But after that, you know, they can't lose the type of goals that they're losing. And this has been symptomatic of the last few months. It's not just this week. I, I mean, against Ross County, they lost soft goals and, and, and obviously on Thursday night. It's been, it's been symptomatic for months now that the goals are losing haven't have to be earned that that much by the opposition. You know that they're they're almost gift wrapped every week, and this is something. No matter what the uh, the system, the personnel, the goalkeeper, there, there just seems to be a collective um, you know situation there where which you know no matter what Neil Lennon tries to do, he can't quite resolve at the moment. Still got time to do it But he's got to do it very quickly And of course Hugh Keevans The obvious contrast is Rangers Who with oh. a bit more fuss than usual last night yeah. But still of course getting the job done Not only are they through They're through with a game to spare You have to say immense credit To Stephen Gerrard and to his players That they simply have quality and depth They are showing that quality they are resilient, they are durable, they are, in short, everything that Celtic are not. And in this city, when one is rampant and the other is rubbish, this is what you get. Like I say, 0141 We want to hear from you tonight Celtic fans, that banner today Again, very critical of Peter Lowell Dermot Desmond suggesting that Neil Lennon should go Does that speak for you tonight as a Celtic fan? Yes or no? What did you make of last night? Do you see improvements the way Neil Lennon does? Or was it more of the same? Let us know 01419511025 And of course Rangers fans How happy are you to be through with the game to spare? What did you make of the game uh, last night? Probably not anywhere near In fact Jim Probably 
merely Rangers one of their poorer performances this season but that's because of where they've set the bar and if you can put in a, a slightly ropey showing and still go and win a game in Europe that, that gets you through then well, it's job yeah, done. I mean, it's those pivotal moments in games that can that can define whether you get the result or not. And uh, obviously, the Rangers had a couple of slack moments, uh, particularly early on, lost a, a very early goal. And I think it's always a difficult one, Gordon, when you only need a point. I think sometimes that mindset is always a difficult. Once they were two one down, they're, they're almost then thinking, "Oh wait a minute, we need to get back together again." And they, they managed to do that. And then they saw the game out. You know, pretty well. I thought. I thought the game. They they managed the game well uh, in the last twenty minutes or so. But it was all about getting that vital point. They managed to get all three. And as you say, with a game to spare and a very tough group, then you have to uh, give them enormous credit. And as you said, they've been used their squad really well. Not so much that you know that in terms of substitutions, but in terms of before European games, after European games, Stephen Gerrard generally changed it. You know, uh, uh, and shuffled the pack. And every time he shuffled it. It seems to have got it right And Hugh for people who've not seen that banner yet Displayed outside Celtic Park today I'm going to have to explain this in more detail to you Than to anyone Because it's uh-huh. based around the, the Zoom call Which everyone's become so familiar with uh, At the moment It's got Peter Lawwell, Dermot Desmond, Neil Lennon As if they're on a Zoom call Which is yeah. of course the way that they were reported To have communicated last week It then has a, a fourth image Where the image of the Celtic support Should be Loading But it says Connection lost uh-huh. To signify That these supporters Feel that they are No longer uh, Connected to the club Well as I understand The statement Which accompanied The, the banner uh, They accused Dermot Desmond Of being an absentee Landlord Well uh, I've been watching Dermot Desmond For a long time Since uh, the mid 90s uh, He very rarely Attends the club's AGM He's always been An absentee Landlord This only comes to the fore when the football team is not winning football matches. Uh, I have no idea what Peter Lawwell earns. I don't know how he gets to the amount that the fans seem to say that he earns. But again, that didn't come up last season or when Brendan Rodgers was there and it was the Invincibles. Uh, Let's bring in Thomas, who's a Celtic fan, to kick us off tonight. Thomas, Neil Lennon sees improvements that's offset perhaps by fans who've put a banner outside Celtic Park this afternoon. How are you feeling about it all? Uh, no, nobody, nobody. To be honest, God, my partner, how are you doing, John? I've seen that, seen that banner outside Park, you'd actually. Um, see, to be honest, the Lennon's been away after the first Farrow game, to be honest. Um, but it's just, it's just been ropey performances ever since, you know what I mean? And, uh, see, see the recruitment for me, Gordon, none, none shot them. Comedy, absolute comedy. We, we spend five million on a goalkeeper for Silas Barkas, and I don't, I don't even think he's worth five million. To be honest, I mean, he's the decision last night. He's first for the free kick. He lines the free kick up, and he goes the other way. You know what I mean? That's is that is that really a five million pound goalkeeper? I, I just, I just think the, the, the performance, the performances and. No, I'm sure absolute mint, to be honest. When and, when the day of reckoning comes, Thomas, and the day of reckoning will be when Rangers become the champions, if that is how the season ends. When that day of reckoning comes, for me, top of the list will not be Peter Lowell's wages, it will not be the absentee landlord. Uh it will be recruitment on a scandalous level. And who sourced Barkas 
Who sourced Bolly Bollingoli? Who sourced Patrick Klamala? And so on and so forth. It is a multi-million pound waste of time and Celtic are paying the price now and may pay the ultimate price, which is the loss of 10 in a row and Rangers becoming champions. For me, the recruitment has been awful and that's the number one problem Celtic have to contend with. To be fair though, for those Celtic fans who've gone and, and put that banner up today and issued a statement and many others who may agree, you can't just separate them and say, it's the recruitment fault, it's not Peter Lawwell or Dermot Desmond. If, if they run the club, they ultimately become accountable for that stuff. Who hires Nicky Hammond, for instance? Who hires Neil Lennon? So it's, it's, all, yeah, but, it's all linked, is it not? But when the league is lost, or if the league is lost, it'll be about football players on a football pitch. And who put those football players in the green and white jerseys and who put them on the pitch? Yeah, but I also think that, uh, you know, fans are always looking for, particularly sometimes individuals, one or two individuals that they, they, they can look at. And, uh, you know, Barkas at this moment in time seems to be one of those guys. I feel a bit sorry for him. Listen, I, I've seen a lot of Celtic games. He doesn't inspire me, but I still think that any player, he needs a solid, reliable defence in front of him. And I think I would... If I was be more inclined, if I was looking at the players who were who were previously there, not the the current or not the the most recent mm-hmm. recruitment, because the other guys who have been there for a season you or two, as progressed. you mentioned before, like you know, in the program I heard you mention last night, Gordon, about the the, the guys that played against Lazio last year and the performance. A lot of them have underperformed this year, so I think that these guys, you know, the the new recruits need. The old guard, for want of a better phrase, to be playing at the, the, the top, to, to let them understand what it means to play for Celtic, to let them understand what an important season this is for the club and for the fans, and and try and help them. Whereas at this moment in time, there seems there seems to be like you know we'll, we'll, we'll blame all the new guys, but there's enough a lot of the the more experienced guys who haven't performed to the standard that they have done over the last. Five, six years Thomas, that banner that's appeared outside Celtic Park today Very cl- critical of Peter Lawwell, Dermot Desmond Neil Lennon's position I know that won't speak for every Celtic fan I'm wondering if it speaks for you though I think it does, Gordon I mean, I, I think the majority of fans As I say, I think it's the majority of fans that want Lennon out Especially after the, the, the Ross County game I mean, that, was, that was pure That was wrong, you know what I mean he, he, Pure even said it Ten in a row looks like slim away, and to be honest, I would I would like to see if Lennon went, and we've got twenty five league games still to go. See if somebody came in on a temporary basis and just say and just say, and look, you've got twenty five games to turn this season in. If you win the league for us, well, maybe maybe we can appoint you on a on a, on a permanent basis. But going forward, I, we need Lennon. I don't think we'll get ten in a row. Uh, it might be hard for me to say, but with Lennon in charge, I think I think ten of those is slowly slipping away. Okay, thank you very much, Thomas. In Kilsaito, one four one nine five one one zero two five. We're going to hear from Stephen Gerrard after this. Tackle the headlines. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans and Jim Duffy here with me, Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard You can get in touch in two ways Via the normal number on the phone lines Or on Twitter at Clyde SSB Lots pouring in already um, at Clyde SSB Hoggy Boy says Make all the statements you want The banners are embarrassing in my opinion Sunday was bad but this is worse I still think we'll get 10 more on the hoops 
Says Hoggy Boy um, Scotty G says Not the Green Brigade's biggest fan However The two banners and statements Were bang on Lennon has a broken record Sooner he's gone the better And we can get our club back 01419511025 Celtic fans The banner today The statement Does that speak for you? What did you make of last night? Neil Lennon says There were positives Do you agree? Are you still uh, a bit concerned About where things are at At the moment? Rangers fans I'm sure you will be Feeling pretty good about life after last night's win against Standard Liège. Let's bring in Roger, who is a Rangers fan. What did you make of it, Roger? Hey, in the panel, how are we doing, guys? Yeah, all good, Roger. thanks. Yeah, honestly, this is kind of directly to Jim. Um, Jim, you were in charge of Morton uh, when Mark Warburton was in charge at Rangers. Um, and I remember, I think we beat his 4 0 down at Carplow, but it was a game at Ibrooks, I remember fondly. You were 2 1 up with about 10 minutes to go, it would do two each. Do you think that throughout the Premiership season teams will adapt to play against Rangers or are we now just a different animal now? Well, yeah, I do remember the, the games and the, the difference um, as well. You know, and listen, you know, football's about learning and particularly when you play each other so often you should try and adapt if you're against a better opponent. You should try and work out how to make it difficult. So teams should do that. I mean, they should be... Uh, looking at that and and I think that uh, from, from Rangers point of view that's the reason why I think Steven Gerrard strengthened his squad and it's worked well this year because I think last year Roger there was situations like that going away to Tynecastle, going away to Petaudry the semi-final so the teams nullified Rangers to an extent and, 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 and if they nullified Morelis in particular then that was the vast majority of Rangers' threat. Well, this year is completely different. There is so much variation in Rangers' play. There are so many options. There are more goals from different areas. So it's, it's a much more difficult um, situation for the, the opposing clubs now. It's not to say that teams won't do it, because, of course, they will be compact. They will try and deny Rangers. I think particularly away from home. But at this moment in time, Rangers are brimming with confidence. They've got so many options. And the one thing they have got that they, they haven't had for a long, long time is a fear factor. Do you the opposition are fearful now of Rangers I was going to say Roger Do you not think we actually saw a bit of that Last night We're standard Liege who, who were well drilled And they had obviously done their homework And, and at times They did seem to have To find a way to, to nullify certain aspects of Rangers game But ultimately Rangers then got to grips with it And went on to win the football match That's a good point Gordon Because watching the game I thought the first half we were disappointing They were, they were very good Technically they were a very very good team um, And I thought I said to my son Look we need to adapt and does the team and the management structure can adapt? And I think we did, because um, they noticed that they were playing a high up, um, a high line, and, and Barisic and, and Cavalier were not as effective as they normally are. But it's like, it's like a game, it was a really, really good game of chess. I thought, you know, how, how are we going to adapt? And I thought we could have run out um, more winners to keep a couple of crank saves. Um, and I found it interesting, as I say, we, we, we found another level how to win games. As Jim says, we've got, we've got um, adaptability all over the pitch. We've got adaptability on the bench. So guys come off the note exactly. It's a seamless. Look, it's just started December. a long way to go. Yeah, I'm absolutely loving it. And across the road, they've just they've got their own problems. And not long may that continue as far as I'm concerned. They've had their day in the sun. It's now our turn to kind of shine. And that was a good performance last night for Rangers. And I hope, you hope as a journalist point of view, I hope um, representing Scotland, I hope um, you can represent that and say, look, yeah, they're doing well and they're carrying the flag, yeah. It was certainly a stiff test, that's for sure. Uh, I think Standard Liège, fantastic team, uh, real dangerous players and um, caused us some big problems in the first half. Um, we had to tweak certain things at, at half-time. 
And um, we asked for a bit more from the players in certain areas and I thought our second half performance was much better. And um, over the course of the 90 minutes, um, I thought we maybe just deserved this result. It's a huge achievement, um, you know, if you think about the quality teams in the group. Benfica, um, like Poznan, Standard are really tough opponents and um, we've had to fight um, to the end of every single game to, to, to get what we need to, to qualify. And to do that with a game to go is really impressive. So um, the players deserve a lot of praise for that. I don't know why Roger felt compelled to single me out on behalf of the journalistic profession. Well, I do know, but I'll let it pass. Um, because I have consistently said that Rangers are better than Celtic this season. And that is a major problem for Celtic because they have to finish above Rangers if they want to win the league. I'll go back to my theory on Rangers and this season. Jim spoke about underperforming players at Celtic who were there last season. The same applies to Rangers. All I heard of late was James Tavernier, poor defender. Um, what right did he have to be captain, etc., etc. Tavernier this season is, at the moment, out in front to be player of the year. His goals contribution to Rangers is immense and his inspirational qualities as captain are immense as well. And... Steven Gerrard underperformed as manager and now he, this season, has come to the fore. You wouldn't back Rangers to lose a cup tie at Tynecastle now the way they did last season and you wouldn't back Rangers under any circumstances to lose at home to Hamilton Ackies, which they did last season in the league. So, for me, Rangers recruitment has been spot on, unlike Celtic, and those who were underperforming are now performing at a very high calibre indeed. Uh, Gazzarino wants to you to to pick you up on that. He says um, recruitment in isolation is too simplistic. Rangers signed guys that were surplus to requirements at other clubs: Davis, Arfield, McGregor. They also signed Scottish Premiership players like Jack Barker, Kamara. It's how they're educated and coached. This is the thing Hugh doesn't get. Celtic have good individual players, a strong squad, but Lennon has regressed them all. Well. Uh, w- if he has regressed them all Why have they won the last four trophies well, Under Neil Lennon I'm assuming he means from then To now Well There's no doubt That Celtic are in turmoil at the moment And Whether you were there last season Or you came in this season Middle to front Celtic still have a A bit about them There's You know it's The goals that they scored last night Against uh, AC Milan Very good goals But It doesn't matter who plays in goal And it doesn't matter who plays in front of the goalkeeper At the back They are an ocean-going shambles If you you had two trophyless seasons And your your ideology, if you want to call it that Is to develop these players and improve these players As as, um, you you were saying there, Gordon Then that's fine If you're allowed to do that There are very, very few managers that will get the time. Steven Gerrard got the time to develop these players, to improve those players and alongside the recruitment as well. But he got the time. Neil Lennon's got, what is it, a couple of months it's not been great and they're absolutely desperate to change the manager. Not a couple of years. So, you know, it it, it all all depends on, you know, who you've got at the the top and, and the fans as well. Are they supportive of you? Do they see improvement? And obviously the vast majority of Rangers fans were still backing Steven Gerrard But that is still quite unusual for a club at a club like Rangers Not to have won a trophy in two years And still have the support of the board Both 
from um, you know mm. the, the financial side of it and the support of the the fans. Is this not about charting that that line though? And, and if you can tell that it's heading in the right direction, then then you stick. But could you tell? I mean, but, but, as, well, as you said, well, the proof when, might when, well be in the pudding. When now, the all... lockdown went happened last March, I don't think any of us could have said, "Oh, listen, see next season." Rangers will be where they are now I don't think I, You know I, I think you would okay. have been a genius to see that uh, Let's bring in Raymond Who's a Celtic fan in Canvas Lang What's on your mind tonight Raymond? Hi guys um, First time caller just, um, Two quick Two quick points guys uh, One just on planning So I just think Celtic's planning um, For a while now Has been pretty bad um, Getting into a, a big big season Covid Recruitment, the volumes, the personnel, just completely wrong, right from the word go. I mean, what, one one right winger, recognised winger, James A. Forrest, who's now cropped. Um, when I looked at the squads, Rangers and Celtic, I mean, Rangers had two and three players in every position. Celtic only had one or two in each position. I know the midfield's a bit loaded, but everywhere else in terms of actual width or defence and up front was pretty, I think, pretty poor. And I just think the planning's been terrible. The off points on the style. Um, Brendan Rodgers and Gerrard obviously coming through. Liverpool, structured, methodical, cam on the ball. I just think that, that style wins over the course of a season as opposed to kind of Lenny's gung-ho, get the best players on the park, push it up as quick as possible. Well, you know, it's the perfect storm for Celtic. Everything's wrong. According to the fans, the boardroom's wrong, the ownership's wrong, the manager's wrong, the players are wrong. It's the perfect storm. And that's the way it looks. I am a 100% card-carrying, fully paid-up member of the Fatalist Club. The season has started to go down a road and it's Rangers Road and I cannot see how Celtic reach a fork in the road where they go back to the way it was for them. It's up to Celtic to disprove me but as I said at the start of the programme they're easy to beat and you wouldn't put any money on them to beat St Johnston. Mm. I'm not saying St Johnston will beat them but you just don't know yeah, this is where the, the the question of organisation, if we're talking on the pitch, is always an interesting one, Jim. Because I've heard mm. you know Lennon, for instance, and other people talking about well, it's individual mistakes. What is mm. a manager supposed to do if you make individual mistakes? But here's the problem: mm-hmm. every goal since the dawn of time, you can find yeah, somebody who's yeah. to blame. You can always look at it and say he could do better, mm. he could do better, yeah. he made the mistake. But if you are losing that number, twenty-seven mm. goals conceded mm. in eleven games, yeah. That has to be about more than individual mistakes It has to be If it's yeah. happening so often Yeah I mean obviously collective We've said this before It's a collective uh, area I mean maybe the The front players aren't closing You know not position down to start with Or not qu- working quite as hard And I think that's been the case Because I think that A Yeti was struggling for fitness And then Edward was off for him Lee Griffiths has been in and out the team um, So they haven't had that You know again You know if you want to call it f- Up to speed striker Playing playing at the, the top of the game And then that's then filters back the way. But I think, I can't remember, they've, they've given me about four or five penalties, you know, in, in that period as well. So the, the, these are lapses of concentration. There are so many aspects of it, um, Gordon, it's not down to one individual aspect. But 
when the likes of Raymond will mention say width and stuff like that but Rangers generally at this moment in time have their width from their two fullbacks and Celtic over the last few years have normally had their, their width from their fullbacks he mentioned Jamesy Forrest but he's not the Jamesy Forrest of six, seven years ago who sat out in the touchline, hugged the touchline, he was scoring goals coming off the flank. Is the problem then though that like, Rangers' system is set up in such a way that they get so much more out of their fullbacks yeah, than Celtic? Yeah, do? I, I agree with uh, uh, the Raymond's uh, anal- uh, sorry, assessment there of saying about the midfield and the control. And I think they have controlled the games in the middle of the pitch and that's allowed them to, to make the, the pitch as wide as they possibly can and get their fullbacks. I think it was one of the guys, Roger, I think it was asking me earlier on, how would you combat Rangers now? I think the first thing anybody combat Rangers is, can you stop our two fullbacks? That's the first thing you try to do rather than perhaps, as I said last season with Morelos, now you're thinking, have to stop that. Mm. But Celtic, up until this, the last couple of months, again, their fullback Frimpong at the start of the season was absolutely flying. Everybody's raving about him. Went off the boil a little I think bit. He was better forward one last yeah, night. Yeah, he looked. He looked a little bit more comfortable. He'd taken that responsibility of defensive behind him, but unfortunately, the guys behind him still made very basic errors. So how listen, soft were some of the goals? Oh, there were horrendous goals at any level. Horrendous, and I mean the one that the the the, the boys just skipped past three of them and then just side foots it. I mean it was almost like. Gregory's girl <laughs> You know if anybody's old enough To remember that film Where they all stand And put a dangle a foot uh, You know you know, When when Dee Hepburn Just skips past All, all, the, all the guys It was like it, Honestly It was shocking Defending at that level And then the, the, the other one Where Ella Med goes in And just dangles out a leg Is here Neil Lennon obviously not want to individual I get that but just in lack of physicality that's exactly what he's talking about you've got to be strong you've got to be determined you've got to be committed because he's not beating me I think any defender should be embarrassed if a striker beats him in a tackle two wins in 11 matches 27 goals conceded sums up Celtic in two words soft touch Uh, Raymond just finally the development today if you can call it that is another statement from from certain fan groups uh, a banner outside critical of the, the running of the club Does that Does that speak on behalf of you Or Do you have a slightly different take on things Yeah I think I think that's just a um, A build up Of Kind of what I've been saying You've been seeing that That regression For a while now And I think it's just a bit of anger A lot of people in the media Seem to think it's a, An age thing Where everybody's spoiled The, the young guys are spoiled On a now, success, I'm, I'm 43, I've, I've lived through Rangers nine in a row. Um, and it's just, for me again, it comes back to the whole planning, really. We used to talk about Europe, and the model was, let's get into three out of five Champions Leagues across those seasons. I've not been doing it. I've been absolutely nowhere near it. The guy said the other night, Brendan Rodgers was a gold star. We knew as soon as he came in, Everything changed, and that way of working works. Stephen Gerrard's team at the beginning is now building up over time, whilst ours is regressing, and it's just that seesaw. And basically, they've got they've got a better structured way of working, and it works over the course of a season for me. All right, Raymond and Canvas Lang, thank you very much. David's a Celtic fan in Lindsay. He's got thoughts on the management team at Celtic Park, and we're going to hear from him next. Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141 951 1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Jim Duffy here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Let's go straight back to the phones and bring in David Who is a Celtic fan from Lindsay What have you got for us tonight David? 
Evening, guys. How are you? Oh, good. Thank you. Good. Um, no, I, I just wonder, uh, I'm a Celtic fan, obviously, and from a Celtic fan's point of view, I wonder if I'm missing something about uh, the underlying reasons why things are, are changing. Um, when Brendan Rodgers left, um, uh, he took a he took a vast majority of his backroom staff away, and it wasn't just the backroom staff; it was physiotherapists, it was medical people, and um, it kind of decimated Celtic. So Neil Lennon was brought in as a sort of the face as a manager, but the general everyday people they don't see what what's happening behind the scenes. I mean, you you've got um, Stevie Woods. You've got, um, obviously, John Kennedy. Um, and now they brought in Gavin Strachan and Nicky Hammond. But that's really it. Brendan Rodgers had a much, much bigger team. Not just as, as a coaching, but also as um, a medical um, and looking after the players' welfare. Everything everything changed. Um, so you're missing a lot of individual components of the game, you know, defensive coaches. I know John Kennedy was a defender, but um, he's not being used as a defensive coach in his role as assistant manager. I mean, are you sure the numbers don't balance up, David? I, off the top of my head, it's very hard to try and, and count them all, but I'm pretty sure if, if, if Brendan Rodgers took physios or sports scientists or strength and conditioning coaches or masseurs, I'm pretty sure Neil Celtic would have replaced them. No, they... they uh, uh, Genuinely, if you look into it, they don't stack up. But also, there's a calibre. You, you've got to think of where Brendan Rodgers came from. He came from the Premier League. He had he had the people um, around him that that he trusted, and he knew they could do a job. Well, first of all, with the regard to players and their treatment at Lennox Town, uh, I am perfectly sure that Celtic have. Uh, People, well qualified people who are looking after the players' welfare on a daily basis. My point on the backroom staff, in other words, Neil Lennon, John Kennedy, Gavin Strachan, Stevie Woods. Um, when Neil Lennon took over from Brendan Rogers, he very quickly had to get the league over the line and he had to win the Scottish Cup. Both of which he did for Celtic and then was famously offered the job in the showers at Hampden. At that point, Neil Lennon had a real bargaining strength and she said to Peter Lawwell, this is great, I'm happy to accept the job, but I want to bring in my staff now. He did not do that and if people have been imposed upon Neil Lennon, then that's his fault. He should have stood up for himself at the point at which he had the real bargaining power. He should have insisted on his own men. It looks to me as if there's no great rapport between Neil Lennon, John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan. On the other hand, I look at Stephen Gerrard, Gary McAllister How would you back and that? Michael How Beale. would you back that up? That, that sounds like amateur psychology to the max. What have you seen? What what could you possibly be basing that on? That, that's why I said it looks to me. Uh, it's amateur. You to that it conclusion. is. It is. I I just look at them during the game, and I don't get uh, a sense of togetherness, which I do get with Stephen Gerrard, Gary McAllister, and Michael Beale, who all come from the Liverpool background, 
I just don't get that with Celtic And I think that Neil Lennon should have been stronger In bringing in his own people You may be right Because you and I both know I can't prove that wrong I'm, I'm just interested How strong your conclusion can be What what are you basing this on? A couple of, of clips on TV per game And, and you can tell that there's, there's not a bond Between the coaching staff well, I'm just looking at the progress of the season I oh, just, that's that's a different point. If you, yeah, but you're, you're I, I talking don't, about. I don't think there's one. not a bond, but there's a difference between a bond and a natural friendship. You know, if you if, if you're, you're saying he can look at them and he can tell that there's not a rapport there, and I'm yeah, asking yeah, how. Yeah, but there's a there's there's a there's a professional rapport, there's football rapport, right. and then there's natural friendship or or you know we don't I, have I, to be friends, or do you? Yeah, but but you know, but, but the whole thing is if you're Gary McAllister and you're Stephen Gerrard and you've maybe played together and you've known each other for a good number of years, then obviously there's a more natural rapport there. If you're a professional and you're working with someone, I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm not doubting any of that. I'm asking Hugh how he knows by looking at them on TV. But there's no the, report. At That's all I'm asking. Time, at the same time as you ask me, you then mm. confess mm. that you mm. can't contradict what I'm saying. Yeah, but I'm not mm. the one making the outlandish claim that well, the needs backed up. I I am standing here giving you my claims, outlandish or otherwise. Mm. Uh, and for me, I see the three gentlemen at Ibrooks as more of a unit than the three gentlemen at Celtic. Uh, David are you able to elaborate What what positions do you not think are filled at Celtic What, what is it you think they need In, in backroom sense that would make the difference um, First of all I think a medical team A proper medical team If you look at And I have looked into it the, the, the recovery time If you compare injuries to injuries Um from Roger's time to Lennon's time, it's it's Roger's time is so much quicker. Now I know you can say certain players had different injuries and what have you, but I just feel if you get if you get the medical science right, it allows the players to play. For a start, Jim, I don't. I, I think I, I don't I think, think David's talking absolute. I don't months. think the physio has changed. Tim Williamson is, is still the physio, is it T- not? Tim's been um, there. He's been he's been back and forward a couple of times. Not not out the pitch, but he's been doing different different jobs at Celtic. But he's an outstanding physio. He works with Scotland. The medical staff is top class. Listen, you can look at any. I mean. The, the top English premiership clubs in are absolutely squealing for the five sub rule because they've got so many muscle injuries and they've got the best facilities, the best, the most amount of staff, the perfect training grounds, everything's perfect, David. You know, so you're grasping at straws to say that the medical staff is a reason why Celtic are currently... I mean, there's there's been a couple of players here and there that, that have missed some games, but the, the players have underperformed. You know, there's been a lack of confidence, there's been a lack of belief. These are all statements from the manager. So you need to try and make sure that you're your strongest team on the pitch when available. I get that. But Celtic haven't been decimated by injuries. Uh, and and, and if, they ha- if they have had injuries, you certainly can't put it down to the lack of quality at the medical staff. I think that is... Disrespectful, unfair, and just and to be perfectly frank, untrue. And Marty Boy says Jack Naylor still the head of sports science at Celtic, as far as I'm aware. Former Real Madrid and Chelsea, a class act. Um, I mean, Hugh, if if ever, in, if ever a discussion summed up the the depth of yeah. of frustration and the search to find out what is is going on, we we might just have hit it. We might have hit rock bottom in, yeah, the, in the search. As I say, all consistent with the perfect storm. Celtic are. Seriously underperforming And struggling at home and abroad Domestic or European football Rangers have yet to lose a game 
Home or abroad Domestic or European football uh, And David is sitting there Racking his brains thinking I, I must come up with the, the explanation for all of this And he's come up with an explanation Which is disrespectful uh, To Celtic I mean Things are bad Undeniably bad But David cannot seriously Ask people to accept that Celtic are taking chances With the physical well-being of their players Okay, we'll have to agree to disagree We'll leave it there, David and Lindsay Thank you, it's time for this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk slash football a momentary light relief for you Beat the pundit time Your chance to win a signed ball But only if you get more questions right Than Hugh Keevans or Jim Duffy It's 0141 951 1025 And you need to call before 7 o'clock So be quick Plenty of time for more of your calls In the second hour You are the voice of Scottish football Call 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Jim Duffy are here It's 0141 For you to join in Lots of the discussion so far Has been about the Europa League last night Success for Rangers Beating Standard Liège And qualifying for the next round Celtic of course Their group was already over uh, Trying to get some sort of performance Some sort of platform to build on it looked like they were going at the start of the game Two goals up but a 4-2 defeat in the end With many asking the same old questions On the show tonight We've got big coronavirus related news At Dundee United that I'm going to tell you about And I've even got a Scottish football Feel good Christmas story That we're going to end the show on Hugh Keevans Never let oh. it be said that we can't make everyone feel Just a little bit better about themselves Let's do this first with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football Tell you what, it was a bad week for the pundits They started off in poor form I think it was you that started it last Friday And it kind of continued the malaise set in it early no, in the week It normally is me yeah. <laughs> um, I think the pundits have just about recovered in the last few nights So let's see what tonight's beat the pundit throws up for us Chris is going to take part from Dumbarton tonight How's it going Chris? How's it going guys, alright? Now Chris, I recognise the name You've been on as, as a caller before Making your point about the, the football And you've decided yeah. to give Beat the Pundit a go tonight Yeah, you change I, your I played heart. you a couple of years ago And he edged me 4-3 So maybe get a chance oh, for revenge right. tonight It's taking a couple of years to come back See, so <laughs> defeat to you has that effect on people, Hugh Keevans uh, See, Chris, I've moved into my 70s now So <laughs> the pace is gone So you're... you're... <laughs> Uh, it's still there <laughs> uh, Class is eternal That's yeah. it Form is temporary and all that uh, Chris what did you make of the, the game last night You'd be happy with Rangers Progression I'm sure I'm delighted with the progression um, You know it's, I, I thought Standard Lage Were a good team When we played my way I thought they played You know Good football Got the ball down well So always aware of the, the threat But I, it's just another Another thing we've overcome This year And just you know Keep it going as long as possible have you started targeting opponents for the next round yet? I know it's early because a lot can change, but I know some people like to get ahead of themselves with these things. Are you one of them? Well, I, I hope that we go on and win our game next week so that we get seeded and get a good draw in the last 32. But after that, you'd, you'd love to get any of the, the big names, one of the English teams or something like that. Because um, I'd, I'd fancy just, you know, testing them and then maybe, you know, giving the Scottish name, uh, Scottish game a bit of a good name if we can overturn one of them. So No seeding on Beat the Pundit. Heads, it's Hugh Keevans. Tails, it is Jim Duffy. And it's tails Jim Duffy against Chris from Dumbarton A bit of a Dumbarton feel uh, to beat the pundit tonight So let's give Jim some Clyde 2 to listen to I think 
Yep, you've got them, that's fine uh, Chris, it's just you and I, 30 seconds on the clock You answer as many questions right as you can And you can pass That's all you need to know, you ready? Yep, ready Let's do it, 30 seconds starts now Name either team in action in the Scottish Championship tonight Uh How many goals have Celtic conceded in their last three Europa League matches? Twelve Clifton Hill is the home ground of which team? Albion Rovers Who's the top goalscorer in the Scottish Premiership with nine? James Tavernier Name any non-Scottish club that Chris Burke has played for Uh, Wigan Which Aberdeen player joined the club in 2018 from Hamilton Ackies? Pass Sure you don't want to just guess a player? Uh, mine's blank right, I can't okay, think Time up I'd give you a wee chance Right Jim Duffy You ready? Yep Same set of questions to you 30 seconds on the clock And your time starts now Name either team in action In the Scottish Championship tonight Queen of the South How many goals have Celtic conceded In their last three Europa League matches? Mm, 11 Clifton Hill is the home of which team? Albion Rovers Who is the top scorer In the Scottish Premiership with nine? Uh, Lewis Ferguson Name any non-Scottish club That Chris Burke has played for Mount Scottish Club oh, uh, Pass Which Aberdeen player Joined the club in 2018 From Hamilton Ackies oh, Lewis Ferguson <laughs> Which club are currently Top of Scottish League 1 uh, Falkirk Okay Now what are the chances That Lewis Ferguson Is the answer to More than one question When that be the pundit <laughs> Well I don't know I would say slim Slim okay. um, But you might have got One of them right uh, What do you think Chris How did that feel uh, I think I've probably been pipped in that one Right let's find out Name either team in action In the championship tonight Queen of the South Inverness What a journey that is On a night like this When it's pouring a rain Freezing Howling wind And you can't even and get a, a shower Wow Good luck, to, good luck to everyone taking part uh, 1-0 to Jim Duffy How many goals have Celtic conceded In their last three It's four in each So 12 Well done to Chris He equalises uh, Clifton Hill is the home ground Of Albion Rovers You both got it Who is the top scorer In the Premiership with nine It's James Tavernier um, So Chris moves one in front mm-hmm. He's 3-2 up Name any non-Scottish club That Chris Burke played for I don't think any of you got that right You had the likes of uh, Cardiff I think mm. it was a spell At Nottingham yeah. Forest Birmingham Cardiff's one sure. um, So um, None of you got anything On the board there Which Aberdeen player Joined the club in 2018 From Hamilton Ackies It was Lewis Ferguson This yeah. time um, So that's Jim Duffy's Equaliser And it just shows you Chris That sometimes Getting through them Is the key yeah. Who's top of League 1 It is Falkirk Which means it's a Last minute Duffy winner 4 to him And 3 to you But that was a good effort Chris well done Hey, cheers, well done Jim Cheers Chris Thanks, Our lines, that was Chris Indenbarton A winning end to the week for the pundits on Beat the Pundit But we're back on Monday where you've got a clean slate to put that right You would have got them all right Hugh, wouldn't you? I was doing well, I knew it was Tavernier uh, mm. And I knew most of them uh, I, The only thing I thought was with the Celtic one I thought it was the two fours I thought it was AC Milan in between them see if you think back three. You and I had a quick conversation before the programme mm. Started in the newsroom and you said to me 12 goals in the last yeah. three years <laughs> I did that <laughs> See when the pressure's on 01419511025 At nine Dundee United players Have been told to self-isolate After a coronavirus outbreak At the club um, The game is still expected To go ahead tomorrow But clearly the squad Will be hit Manager Mickey Mellon Part of that as well This hot on the heels Of the news yesterday That St Mirren and Kilmarnock Will be forced to Essentially forfeit the games That they missed 3-0 defeats Or 3-0 victories If you're Motherwell um, Or Hamilton Ackies Due to their coronavirus breaches So uh, what are you making of all this? Get your calls in on that Let's bring in William though Who is a Rangers fan on the line uh, How pleasing was last night William? Uh, 
Yeah, hello, Gordon, Jimmy, sure. Very pleasing, you? Gordon. Very pleasing. Uh, I want to salute two players, not just for last night, but for, for the season. Obviously, uh, Alan, Mc, Alan McGregor last night, right? Don't get me wrong, when he first left, I was, was very upset, but Gordon, uh, Time's a great healer, right? He's merely made up for it for what he's done since he's come back. Look at the one thing I did in the second half last night and he saved it. I'd rather have a keeper like that than no have a, a top car, top class calibre keeper like Celtic Hubney go, if you know what I mean. We've got a great keeper. And uh, Scott Arfield, I was sitting watching the BT Sport highlights show, right? And the two boys that were on was Hargreaves and Sidwell, right? I mean, Arfield scored that, go- um, scored that goal. He goes, who does that remind you? And you've been talking about coaching all night, right, Gordon? Uh, Arfield comes in, scores a goal. They say, it's Gerard. That's a Gerard goal he used to do when he played Liverpool. So, obviously, our midfielders getting coached, went to deliver themselves in the box and score goals. Like, I just want Jim and Hughes uh, views on my two points about the two players. Well, that point. You start with Alan McGregor, Hugh. What an achievement to surpass Barry Ferguson's European record for the yeah, club last night. Yeah. 83 appearances. Great some going. Outstanding goalkeeper, always has been. And they also have great backup in John McLaughlin. Uh, very interested to hear William say, time is a healer. Because when players left Rangers uh, at that point where the club was going into the, the lower leagues, there was a lot of deep-seated resentment about. Uh, but... It doesn't need to last a lifetime And William's happy to have him back uh, Again Without labouring the point Rangers have a, An excellent goalkeeper And an excellent backup goalkeeper Celtic have a dodgy goalkeeper And a dodgy backup goalkeeper As for Scott Arfield, Jim People have said that they, they've been surprised they, 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 they didn't expect Rangers to be quite so dominant this season And I wonder if people have been surprised At how big a part Scott Arfield's played in it Given maybe where he was within the, the squad In times gone by Yeah well I think we need First of all just uh, Double congratulations to Alan McGregor Both on his breaking the record And getting married at the weekend So congratulations to him for couple, A couple of weeks ago it was uh, But nevertheless yeah. Last weekend uh, And uh, but for um, You know Scott Arfield Yeah I mean I think He's one of the surprises of the season I don't think there's any doubt about that I think when you looked at Rangers midfield um, you know, you would have thought Jack and Davis, you know, uh, Aribo, Kamara, all these guys. Um, you know, they had other players that they were bringing in, and you'd think Scott Arfield would have been a squad player, and he was kind of playing in the right at times, and it didn't quite suit him. But once he's established himself as one of those midfield three, and as William said, you know, his goals, his support runs, um, he's he's creating the space that the the new style of Rangers are playing with Morelos coming short a little bit. Um, they need that support from midfield and his time out of the box and uh, as I said in, in creating space as well uh, sorry finding the space has been outstanding you know I mean he's he's a, a, a perfect example of someone if you keep working hard keep believing uh, that you know you're, not, you're never going to be out of the picture you know you can force your way back into the team and Stephen Gerrard was very very complimentary of him last night after the game he said he's in the team and he'll be staying mm. in the team because of his performances Every day training He sets the standard And into the matches So Yeah Absolutely brilliant for the boy I know William for instance Gordon DL's always been a big fan of, of Scott Arfield He's always Been singing the praises of him Did you expect him to play such a, a Key role for Rangers this season? Well Gordon Last year He, he was fairly consistent when he, he did score some important goals But this but this year God, As I said The coaching from Gerard right, His level he's, as, as you said some teams that are in regression, but our players are progressing. Gerard is coach. Arfield is just 
he's ten times a better player than he was last year, if that's possible, if you know what I mean. He, as, you, as Jim says, he's undroppable. He's fawn. It's, it's not just him. It's, you'll get a rebo, you'll get Rufus progressing. Morales is doing, doing all right. Davis looks brilliant, as he always has. Kamara, look at Kamara, 50,000. And Arfield, he's just, the, he's just the top of the tree at the moment, I think. You know what I mean? There was a time when all we ever spoke about was Alfredo Morelos. Every week. He scored the goals. He let the manager down. He came back and scored goals. He got involved in some other form of nonsense. And all we ever spoke about was Alfredo Morelos. Now we rarely speak of him. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, not that he's unworthy of a place in the team. He is. But there is so much going on around about him, whether it's Arfield, Kent, Kamar Roof, you name it. Rangers just, at the moment, have strength and depth mm. and that's why they are crushing all before them OK William thank you very much that was William a Rangers fan on the line it's 01419511025 like I mentioned a moment or two ago give us your thoughts on this nine Dundee United players self-isolating after a coronavirus outbreak at the club they've announced that the entire first team coaching staff as well including manager Mickey Mellon will isolate as a precaution after a number of non-playing staff tested positive um, the club is expected still to be able to put out a team against Livingston this weekend The fixture is not thought to be under threat um, The academy head of tactical performance, Thomas Courts mm. And other academy staff will lead the team for Saturday's game against Livingston uh, Quite something, Hugh We've got the pandemic lottery going on You know, Motherwell were major recipients last night of six very good points for them uh, I'm sure they'd rather have fought for them out on the park However... The pandemic lottery, you have to be sensitive about it because at the end of the day, we are discussing a deadly virus here. Um, so the, the nine players, we wish them all well. It's a, a tremendous blow for Dundee United. How you compensate for the loss of nine players, I do not know. But they also want to be seen to be fulfilling mm. this fixture. Perhaps they would rather do that and have someone investigate what's going on inside the club with regard to any potential breach of the pandemic protocols. Well, let's bring in Scott, who's a Kilmarnock fan on the line, and I think you can see the obvious link here because there was big news coming out of the SPFL yesterday about what might happen in the event of a game that can't take place. Scott, as a Kilmarnock fan, how do you react to that decision yesterday, 3-0 defeat uh, for the game that you couldn't fulfil against Motherwell? I think it's disgusting. Um, I, I, I just think it's it completely unjust. Um, when you see, I know you spoke a lot last night about how you can't compare other clubs, but there has to be a reality where if Aberdeen and Celtic get punished, uh, get a fine, uh, but still get to play the game. Um, I mean, Rangers had fielded more than half a team that didn't even get tested against Motherwell and broke protocol, and then they had two players. Uh, who breached the rules But it's okay Because yeah I come out quickly And condemned them So they get zero punishment Whatsoever Be it Kilmarnock and St Mirren Are getting punished heavy um, So like the government Have made a tier system Of lockdown The SPFL have just Essentially made a tier Of their own system uh, For when it comes to Handing out punishment What what fits their Imagination of crime Because You can go to the pub That's an £80,000 fine um Jedi comes out and condemns it quickly gets zero, gets nothing but Kilmarnock and St Mirren are getting punished because they see that they didn't 
uh, adhere to the rules. Yeah. So, if no team from here on in wants to get punished by losing their, their game 3 now or sorry, avoided three points, everybody just needs to lie and go, oh, but we tried our best, and if you try your best, you won't get punished. So is there a tier system of punishment now? Well, I think, Scott, just to clear up uh, some of the, the comparisons, so the Rangers mother will get, that's a friendly, what are we talking, July, it was way back, right at the beginning of this stuff, and it, it was, I, I don't know the... Virus, as you said, no, I, I, I doesn't matter if it's a friendly or not. But I'm not saying that the competition matters, but I'm talking about the circumstances at the time. And, and you, you mentioned Rangers with um, Jordan Jones and George Edmondson. It's okay because Stephen Gerrard came out and condemned it, but it's completely different. Rangers were not unable to fulfil a fixture as a result of that. That surely, 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 that surely there's a difference there, Scott. But if people are getting a chance to replay a game, then why is it? Why are you not every club been allowed to replay the game, no matter what the circumstances because, are? Because because not every club was unable to fulfil a fixture due to coronavirus breaches. Yeah, but we weren't given the chance. Like Dundee, Dundee. No, no, no. But I'm I'm talking about Scott. But that that game again, and I'm not, I'm not saying that it's right. I want to make that clear. I'm not saying this punishment's right. That's not for me to decide. But how can you compare them? Aberdeen and Celtic at no point were unable to fulfil a fixture due to their coronavirus breaches. But Kilmarnock were unable to fulfil a fixture So how are they the same? They're, they're not Exactly But you, it doesn't matter in terms of how this season is unfolding This is an unprecedented season where no one's gone through something like this before So where is the allowance to allow others to play a game again And others just get totally stripped of the opportunity to play again? Yeah, I understand that Scott There's been no, from, there's no, sorry Hugh There's been no uh, legislation from the start of the season as how to go forward it's just making up new rules or new punishments as each different factor emerges. There should be some sort of like lockdown going, here it is, uh, find docked points from now off, not midway through a season, or this is what we're going to decide to do. Well, Scott's mindset is, oh, if it was Celtic or Rangers, would you dock points? Uh, and you can get that. You get well, that, yeah, to yeah, be yeah. fair, because that's one the way day, we go. One day, it may come to that. One day, one of them, or both of them, may... Be found to be in breach of the protocols And If the SPFL did anything Other than dock points Then I would be the first to hold my hands up And say ah well There's a celebrity justice at work here mm. But until that day dawns We have to go on what we know And at the end of the day Although Rangers were able to fulfil fixtures Edmondson and Jones Got seven game bans each so, you know, it's not as if it was yeah. swept under the carpet That's the point I'm trying to make, Jim That There's a great mm. debate here That there is a debate about Does this punishment mm. fit the crime? Is it fair on, on Kilmarnock or St Mirren? Mm. That's a fine debate That's mm. a fine debate in itself yeah. Without worrying why Jordan you know, Jordan Jones and yeah. George Edmondson they, That's a completely different scenario Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's fair I agree with Scott I don't think it's a fair punishment um, I think it's very harsh um, I think that, that there should have been uh, Something put in place at the very start I think the Aberdeen when we get back to that was a government decision I think the government came out quite, quite clearly in that day and said that they said that they, they couldn't play the game so Aberdeen were willing to play the game but so that was taken out of their hands there's obviously public health um, areas as well that can influence um, whether a game can be played or not um, but I do agree um, that um, to lose the game mm-hmm. um, 3-0 I think is extremely harsh and the impact that could have in the season listen we saw a, a, a season being curtailed in March there when there was still 
you know, games mm-hmm. to be played, and I think it was at Hearts, you know, were, were, were you know, one game less. All these sort of things could impact clubs further down the line, whether they get relegated or something. I so, Partick were the best example yeah, of the, the game in hand. as well. So, um, I just think that to me, that is very unfair, and I think they could have put a suspended fine in them, but then allowed them to play the game. Yeah, I was going to ask what, what would be a suitable um, punishment, if you like, Hugh, because the. The severity is definitely up for debate But Kilmarnock and St Mirren Admitted their breaches If you mm-hmm. like I mean the, the the one that Jumped out Grabbed the headlines last night Was that St Mirren admitted That players had been car sharing Up to four Within a car yeah. So there's no there's, there's no Suggestion from the clubs That oh, we didn't do anything wrong But but does the Does the punishment fit the crime? Well to the best of my knowledge Kilmarnock have now taken Legal advice on this matter And I'd be very interested to see What kind of legal advice They get back um, are we seriously going to take the game to court again over this? If Kilmarnock feel strongly enough, then we may go back to court again. As I say, we're now dealing in pandemic lottery. Okay, 01419511025. Thank you very much to Scott uh, on the line. Make sure you join us tomorrow. One of the highlights of the year on this show, the Super Scoreboard Cash for Kids Sports Auction with Central Car Auctions is back tomorrow. I can't believe it's been a year since the last one But we'll move that to one side We're raising money as always to help children in Glasgow in the West And we have plenty of brilliant lots up for grabs Just in amongst them a signed and framed Scott Brown boot and shirt uh, We've got a Zoom call with a Rangers player And a signed Rangers shirt Zoom calls are all the range of course um, But that's a nice wee money can't buy one uh, Framed Scotland home top uh, A four ball at the golf with Scott Brown Ryan Jack signed top and boots Loads more uh, the Super Scoreboard Cash for Kids Sports Auction Back tomorrow from 2pm on Clyde One You are the voice of Scottish football Call 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard I'm worried about Jim Duffy and Hugh Keevens here I'm not going to lie I am worried about those two on this question Because the crazy pony always sends in difficult questions oh, and crazy pi- pony that's got, that, 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 He's always thrown in I've picked it out tonight for you two <sighs> There are only six answers If that's any consolation for you right Here is your question On the full time teaser tonight Since the English Championship Was rebranded So 2004 The English Championship Just the 16 years here. Six Scots Have scored Own goals In the English Championship And the Scottish Top Flight Can you name them? So since 2004 Six Scots Have scored own goals In both the English Championship And the Scottish Top Flight Can you Name them Charlie McGrew No Hugh Barry Douglas No Stephen McManus Yes Well done Andy Webster No Stephen McManus uh, Stephen Presley No Kevin McNaughton That is the shout of the night And it's only half past seven I thought we would be here Until next Christmas And you two would not get Kevin McNaughton Do you know why? Because you mentioned uh, When it was Chris Burke Cardiff earlier And and planted the seed In my head It was like thinking uh, Played for Cardiff Callum Patterson No Alright we'll leave it there Miraculously You are a third of the way there I did not see this coming (laughs) You can You can play along At Clyde SSB On Twitter Our our colleague Stephen Mills Got one of the ones That you're still looking for uh, As well But you can play along with us At Clyde SSB Let's bring in Hugh Two Hughes On the show at once This one is a Motherwell fan uh, From Lanark tonight Hi Hugh Good evening guys How are we? I'm glad at all Hugh It's been a good week For your team Climbed the league Without even kicking a ball 
not good enough. Sorry. The SPFL should be hanging their heads in shame at that decision and the length of time it's taken to get to it. Uh, I personally believe they've, hang, they've hung um, Kilmarnock and St Myrna out to dry. They've been punished three times over, one with a fine, two with a points deduction, and three with three goals of difference. Not good enough, I'm sorry. They should really go back and have a look at it. If they're going to find them, if they say, hey, you've uh, broken the rules, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get a fine. That's fine. The, to be fair though, Hugh, the fine is suspended, so they don't pay the fine unless they break the rules again. That's fine, Gordon. Understand that. I know it was suspended to the next June. I think it was. That's fine. I don't have an issue with that. But don't give them the games away. I, I would, as a Mallow fan, I would prefer to play the games. They've, surely they could fit the games in any time between now and the end of the season. There was midweek. We could have played midweek. There was one of the games away for Mallow. So I don't understand it. R- really, I'm, I'm absolutely flabbergasted. And also, Mullow lost two players as well. So did Celtic and I think Rangers and Aberdeen lost players with under-21s. Are they going to go back to the SFA and say, by the way, you're going to get fined? So where does this all end? The SPFL are an absolute disgrace. Yes, my team's benefit. I'm not happy about it. And well, I can understand why Kilmarnock fans and Samad fans are not happy either. i go back to Kilmarnock taking it to their legal representation and be very interested to know if the lawyers considered that they had a case to pursue uh, at that point Neil Doncaster might have uh, some fancy dancing to do to justify the decision um, so we'll see how command got on because Billy Bowie clearly feels badly enough about mm. this I mean t- to be fair I'm not saying that it's right I don't know I wasn't involved but it's it's not like it's not like Neil Doncaster just sits there and decides. I mean, the disciplinary hearing was in front of a subcommittee of the SPFL board, chaired by an independent senior solicitor and involving a sheriff who's highly experienced in sports disputes. Mm-hmm. So, did the SPFL go into this with a with a, a legal outlook to begin with? Mm-hmm. They're not just throwing the dartboard and then waiting to see if if uh, if the opposition mm-hmm. lawyers come back at them. Yeah, I understand if you want to take it in, but. Again, as, as Scott had said before, and Hugh was saying, you know, if these um, you know protocols have been put in place, if the clubs knew exactly where they stood, and and maybe they maybe they were, I'm not aware of that. But if if they haven't been, and then they say now now that you have breached the rules, this is what's going to happen. And I think that's the frustrating thing for me. I think they should have went to Motherwell and whoever else is playing and say, look, when do you want to play this game? When does mm-hmm. it suit you? Because you're the you're the team that's lost out in this. And, you know, it would have been easier for Mother Motherwell to say, right, as, as Hugh had said, right, oh, well, we've got a week this, we've got all our players fit, we want to play it. No, we've not got all our players fit, right. we don't want to play just now. So it gives the opportunity to get the game right. played. So I'm I'm with you, I'm with Scott, I think the games should have been played. Here's the problem, right, and I'll, I will go for a dramatic hypothetical mm-hmm. to, try, to try and make the point, because rather than worrying about, you know, social distancing within training grounds and all the rest of it, if what you're saying is, is to be the way forward... Mm-hmm. Imagine Team A, their 22 players decide to have a house party on a Friday night. Every mm-hmm. single one of them goes. They party, they all catch it, they can't fulfil a fixture the next day. They just get to replay that whenever they want. If there's no rules in place beforehand, yeah. They would just get to replay that and the team that if was inconvenienced by not having opposition that day has to then... If there's no rules in place, because you haven't put any rules in place, now you're wanting to make rules up for when, when they do break the rules. Well, players, I, players know they can't carse you, that rule's been I, in place. I mean, I I I can't yeah, but, but the punishment wasn't there. 
the rules were But the punishment was that If you had said at the start of the season Listen, if a club contravenes mm. the rules If the club break the rules If the players and, and that's the club's responsibility Then this punishment will be in so place So it's just about timing then That's your main issue It's, a, it's about making the decision after the event I accept your point Gordon That uh, the SPFL have not just thought up mm. uh, I know what we'll do We'll make them lose the points And the, declare it a 3-0 I mean win they certainly took their time on it Which maybe yeah. is a, another frustration for some people Of course But if you are going to investigate uh, If you are investigating properly Chances are it will take time uh, But I, to go back to Billy Bowie Going to the, the club's lawyers Because legal people have been behind the decision if Kilmarnock's lawyers say, well, look, do you know what? You don't have a leg to stand on. Then I'm sorry. End of the mm. matter. I mean, Hugh, this has been a really interesting one because you're a Motherwell fan who's on saying you think it's disgraceful and you would have rather played. And last night we actually had St Mirren fans sort of going against the grain and saying they were for it because their players had been, you know, reckless or whatever. If a Motherwell outbreak happened because four of your players had shared the car to training... And you then found out the game had to be postponed. How would you feel about that? Exactly how I felt uh, last week when we got Alan Campbell and uh, Barry Maguire pulled out of the squad because the under twenty one squad didn't do the, the proper procedures. Uh, so, you don't know that though. Well, why were we only told a couple of hours before a game? We've, we've prepared the team all week. That's the, that's a big that, that doesn't answer the question though, Hugh. You've 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 again you've tried to compare two things that that can't. Really be compared you know, How do you know How Barry Maguire And, and Alan Campbell Came to How do you know The, the, the protocols Weren't followed Well because obviously You're on the grapevine Don't you You hear these things um, Just as Yourselves will hear You'll you hear a, a, a lot of stuff as well uh, How would I feel If that happened At, at Mullow I would be bitterly Disappointed in my club But I wouldn't want Punished three times over Gordon I can understand As Jim says if they put in place at the beginning of the season, or because this isn't this isn't as if it's just happened overnight. This came for in from March for us, so everybody's known since March and said the new season's kicked in. Right, these are protocols. If you break them, if games cannot go ahead because of A, B, and C, fines may be this. You may get fined. You may get a points deduction. Then then that's fine. But they haven't had anything in place. If they had a procedure in place, brilliant. Don't have an issue with it. I just think the punishment is a bit harsh. Very, very harsh. Either give them, give them a, a fine, suspended. That's fine. If it happens again, you know the rules and regulations. If it happens again, this is your fine. But don't give a point deduction. Play the games. That's what the foot, we're, we're crying out for games here. We're crying to get back into games, and they just stop, stop the games going ahead. Okay, Hugh and Lanark, thank you very much. Let's move swiftly on to Mark in Clyde Bank and see what he's got for us. Hi, Mark. Even gents, how are we? All good, Mark. Hey, Mark. What's your point tonight? Uh, I couldn't disagree more with, with Neil Lennon's assessment of last night's game. Uh, he basically said he was pleased with the performance, obviously safe for for, uh, for conceding four goals. But if, if ever a team needed a pragmatic defensive display, it was last night. If ever a team needed to go out there and basically shut up shop, park the bus, and just try and not concede goals, I think if we'd, came away, if we'd done that to away with a 1-2-0 or two nil defeat, most Celtic fans would have been quite happy, quite honestly. Now that's strange to say losing a game, but to go there and try and play football and try and impose our style was just madness for me. Well, I mean, I've seen the team lines with Rogic, Christie, Primpong, 
you knew you were going to concede goals because you couldn't you couldn't make it. None of them could, could tackle a fish supper, quite frankly. So it was madness for me. And you know, since since the Barcelona game in 2012, that was the last time that we parked the bus effectively against the decent opposition. And last night, that's what he needed to do. I don't it's think. I don't think you can find fault with a team who go out and try to play. I mean, the Celtic fans are happy to refer to the Celtic way. Celtic went out, tried to play, and got two goals in front. Now, it was astonishing, because I honestly thought, prior to kick-off, Celtic would probably settle for a three or four goal defeat here. Um, nice and optimistic of you. Well, no, I, I, the, having lost 2-0 at home to Ross County, and you're then playing the team who are five points clear at the top of Serie A, Given all that's going on at Celtic, I thought if they get away with three or four, nothing that will do. But you cannot fault them for going out and pursuing the game the way they did. And even when why why not though? Mark's talking about the 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 current needs. I know what you're saying generally, but but right now Celtic fans were probably just crying out for just be hard to beat. Just please, just be hard to beat. First of all, don't concede the same number. And you're saying you can't fault them for for not doing that. I mean, Neil Lynn, the one thing he did get right was that at 2-all, um, Celtic were still in the game. But in your heart of hearts, you know that because Celtic are a soft touch and easy to beat, you know it's going to go 3-2. And when it did go 3-2, you were certain it would go 4-2. But in the grand scheme of things, for Celtic to lose by a two-goal margin to the team five points clear at the top of Serie A, any other time, that would be seen as, oh, well, they gave it a shot. But because of this perfect storm that they are enduring, people look at it only as the 11th game. Two wins in 11 games. That's 27 goals they've lost now. They started out at 23, now it's 27. It's doom watch with Celtic. Do you think the, does the Celtic yeah. team have it in them at the moment, Jim, to, to just be hard to beat? I, I think I, I agree with Mark. Uh, you know, in some aspects, there yeah, when you look at the the players were on the pitch, it's very unlikely that uh, they're not going to concede against a top class team. Different, maybe domestically, but certainly against a top class team because they don't have as many defensive minded players. And as we've said before, they're not working quite as a unit, a complete unit in terms of closing the opposition down, uh, pressing from the front. Uh, and if you're pressing from the front and you're at the top of your game, then those other aspects of your team maybe don't get exploited so much. But yeah, with all those kind of flair players, uh, you want to say, but they don't have a lot of negative players. And I remember going back to Brendan Rodgers' time when they when they lost seven and lost five and mm. stuff against PSG. He was still saying, "Oh no, we wouldn't play it. We've got to play a certain way, and I want the players to be educated playing European football." And the the, the fans were phoning here were were. Exactly what Hugh was saying They were saying No no we want Celtic to play this way We don't want to go and park the bus We're not that type of team well, I think back but, then They were keen to avoid those Heavy de- Yeah but even the fans I think I think the majority of called here Were still were, were still wanting to play a certain way I've, I'm, I'm trying to get the balance right here I think Mark's right But they don't have Maybe natural mm. defensive minded players In their squad And that's maybe something Again we get back to that recruitment That they maybe have to look at Mark where are you on the overall picture So much has been said In the last couple of weeks About the manager And, and everything else How are you feeling about The, the sort of bigger picture Well it, it kind of boils down to Sunday Quite frankly Sunday's make or break uh, Nothing but a win Any other result It, it simply has to go Personally, I think he should be gone already. Pains me to say it because I'm a, a, a new Lennon fan, a legend of the club. But 
We simply cannot go on conceding goals the way we are. St Johnson strikers must be rubbing their hands at the prospect of playing against us because it's almost a shoo-in that they're going to get at least one. I mean, Hugh, this must be the biggest Celtic v St Johnson mid-season league match at Celtic Park yeah. in yeah. As, as long as you can remember. Well, the, the background is quite astonishing. Never mind what's going on on the park. Two wins in 11, 27 goals lost in those 11. There are barricades outside Celtic Park erected by the club so that fans don't get too near. Uh, there's a banner, which I, I take it will have been removed by this time, um, talking about Neil Lennon, Dermot Desmond and Peter Lawwell um, letting down the club, basically. Against that backdrop, these Celtic players have got to go out and Mark is quite right. That it's an, mm. an incredibly important game, but these Celtic players have got to drive past the barriers. Bear in mind what happened last Sunday. And against all of that backdrop, they are supposed to perform as if nothing was going on. Yeah, it's going to be quite a weekend. We're here tomorrow and Sunday. Thank you to Mark and Clyde Bank. How are you doing on this teaser? We're looking for six Scots that have scored own goals in the English Championship and the top flight in Scotland. So since 2004, essentially, is when the Championship came into being. You've got Stephen McManus, Kevin McNaughton. Lee Wallace? No. Um, Gary Caldwell? Nope I think we're looking for one central defender Three fullbacks, I think um, I'll tell you what we'll do I'll give you some thinking uh, time so is it, Just say it again, just, just to start the question again please if you don't mind. So since 2004, oh, yeah. six Scots have scored own goals In the English Championship and the Scottish Top Flight the Scottish Top Flight, yeah, okay I'll give you some thinking time And I did promise you At the start of the show I have finally Hugh In amongst all the, the arguing And the shouting And the disagreements uh-huh. I've found a Scottish Football Feel good Christmas story And we're going to bring it to you next Number one For football In Glasgow and the West 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard We're into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Jim Duffy are here very quickly Did you get anything during the break on this teaser? We're looking for six Scots who've scored own goals in the English Championship since 04 And also own goals in the SPL or the Scottish Top Flight You've got Stephen McManus, Kevin McNaughton anymore for Jim, anymore. Jim Duffy's flying here Is he? <laughs> Don't know about that uh, Christoph Berra Brilliant, well done uh, we thought that Stephen Whitaker might be one. Nope. No. Stephen O'Donnell. Nope. Another one is we think Callum Davidson. Yes, what a shout that is. Well done. Uh, good response to this on Twitter. Declan got your Christoph Berra. Um, Maybury flooring Edinburgh's got one of the ones you're still looking for. And what about this? Not Stephen Maybury. Stephen Kennedy says, yeah. I know Hugh Keevans is getting old. Don't worry, it gets better. Oh, but that radio voice will never get replaced. I'm very surprised he's not got a knighthood for his achievements oh, in radio. So am I, Stephen. Absolutely shocked. Sir Shug. Unbelievable. <laughs> Sir Shug of Damier West. And, 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 and knew these were strange times if we're getting praise for Hugh Keevans uh, on the show. Now, I did say I had found a Scottish football feel-good Christmas mm-hmm. story. Um, it's hard enough for me to even get that sentence <laughs> out, but we found one. Um, and it involves... Motherwell FC And it involved Christmas lights Now I'm delighted oh. to say That their chief exec Alan Burrows Joins us on the line And Alan Rather than me um, Explaining it and, and making a mess of it Probably Why don't you tell us A little bit what uh, What's going on today Yeah I, I thought in 2020 Started I would never be on Super School World Explaining anything About Christmas lights <laughs> <laughs> Sums up the year uh, Hi guys Hi Hugh Hi Jim oh, Hi Alan. Alan 
Um, listen, what, what happened is in North Lanarkshire, um, the local authority have been under financial pressure like everybody has been over the last year. And one of the things they decided to cut was the Christmas decorations throughout the towns in, in the county. And that's been a difficult period for everybody. And obviously, it's been a difficult year. So when they were explaining that process publicly uh, a couple about a month or so ago, they had mentioned that they were open to you know working with community groups and others to see if there was anything they could do in isolated incidents. So we got in touch with them um, to see whether or not there was anything that we could do to help. Uh, and it turns out through our partners, which is a company called Phoenix Special Solutions, who are one of our sponsors, um, that we could actually step in and actually help the, you know, erect the Christmas lights in Motherwell and Wisher this year and give a little bit of Christmas cheer to the local area. Um, doesn't sound like much, I suppose, to many people listening, but actually, after the year that we've had and how difficult uh, people have had in life, sometimes just a little bit of Christmas um, lights and some you know, festivities can make people or take people's minds off, you know, how, how tough it's been. So, you know, it was, it was important to us to try and get involved. It's important for us as a club to try and help out in the local community. So that's what we try to do. Yeah, I mean, like you say, a, a relatively small gesture, Alan, but I suppose that fits in perfectly with the whole notion of of being a community club and being a football club, but, but being a little bit more than that to the people in your local area. Yeah, yeah, we try to be. Uh, you know, you've spent a lot of your show talking about connections between the sporters and their and their and their clubs, and I, I've listened intently actually in the last hour and a half about you know so many people saying that, and and it's hard, it's hard to quantify a club what that is, but I think what we try and do at Motherwell is try and represent the town and the area and the people, and that really means sometimes getting your hand your your sleeve rolled up and get mucked in making a local community issues. Um, so, for example, we were on hand a couple of weeks ago and we, were, we donated £5,000 to the families who lost their home in the fire in Mullet Fireworks Night. Um, we've, we've raised a huge amount of money recently for Sam H in terms of mental health and all the, the issues we've had around suicide in North Lanarkshire. Um, and, and, and we're currently raising, um, or we're currently asking for donations for food banks and things. So it's all those things that we actually do. And we don't do it because we feel we have to, or we don't do it because it makes a nice um, kind of couple of paragraphs on your CSR report and your annual and your annual report. Um, we do it actually because we care and, and we want and our supporters as a fan on club want us to do it and want us to be involved. So that's where this gesture came about that, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, local uh, annoyance is maybe the right word for it, or, or certainly a bit of frustration in terms of the, the the decision not to put lights up. So we thought, listen, can we get involved? And actually as I said, through the partnerships that we have at the club, we were able to step in and do that. So, yeah, it's very much a part of our ethos. It's very much part of our DNA as a football club to be involved in the heart of the community, a pillar of the community. Obviously, Lanarkshire, as you know, Gordon, you know, a lot's changed in Lanarkshire in the last hundred years, a lot of deindustrialisation, a lot of unemployment, hard times. And our football club, Mother Football Club, has, has been through that and still here and still helping. So I think we have a responsibility as a club to use our platforms and our influence to try and do good in the area, and that's what we're trying to do in this one. I mean, Hugh, purely anecdotal evidence on the, the impact this has. I had my wee gran up the street, as we call it, in, in our part of the world yesterday, getting lots of batteries for Christmas lights. And, and it, genuinely, before I heard anything about this, that, that came up, her disappointment that, that there was not the same yeah. uh, Christmas lights uh, to cheer her up at this time of year as, as there normally would be. I think Alan makes the most pertinent point of all that 2020, whether you're in Motherwell or anywhere else in the UK, it has been the oddest and the saddest of years. And anything that you can do to bring a little joy into people's lives, that's great if you can do it. And I applaud Motherwell. I didn't under I didn't realise that five thousand pounds had been donated by the club to the people who lost their home, and that's fabulous as well. As you know, Alan. 
One thing that's very important about the switching on of Christmas lights is very important who performs the function. <laughs> now, I know we, we've got a, a Motherwell rate pair on our programme here. He's, <laughs> he's getting elderly now, but it it's would the veteran be, stage was a footballer now. Yeah, it, it would be a real gesture for the people of Motherwell <laughs> on their behalf if Gordon DL could switch <laughs> on the Motherwell lights. He's, re- he's recovering at home and he won't be able to do it. So I think you'll need to. You might need to step well, in. Well, I've been practicing Andy Williams. It's the most wonderful time yeah. of the year, Alan. It's so I, I am a I'm available for panto right, quickly before we go, Alan Burrows, because we're a bit short on time. Um, Interestingly enough I'm, I'm sure you maybe heard The Motherwell fan Who was just on before uh, Hugh from Lanark Talking about this story yesterday Which saw you guys um, Get awarded the six points For games postponed Due to coronavirus A bit earlier on um, I mean As the As the beneficiaries of that And not really being involved In the disciplinary side How how, did, how do you look back on, on what's taken place? Yeah It's difficult for us To have a really solid view Given we are the beneficiaries And, and, and therefore it's You know Anything I may say Might be slightly tainted That was not a huge Sympathy with uh, the guy, the people at St. Mern, and I have sympathy with the people at Kamarnock because I know both clubs very well, and the people who run Tony Fitzpatrick, for example, is a great guy, and, and, and Billy Bowie are going really well with Billy as well at Kamarnock and Phyllis. So I've, I've got sympathy from them. I also, to be fair, have my sympathy with the league. Uh, you know, I was on the board, as you know, for two years. You know, I, I, unfortunately, because I'm local to the west of Scotland. Uh, I, I was asked to do a number of these, not not for COVID-related issues, I might say, but obviously, but um, certainly, you know, you know, ineligible players and all that sort of stuff. And it's not nice; it really isn't nice for the people involved, because the last thing you want to be doing as clubs or leagues is effectively punishing your counterparts, because these are the guys who you work with and you see all the time. But you know what I would say is it's a difficult balance for the league. They've got to try and you know ensure to the best of their ability to get as many games away that we don't end up with fixture pileups. And you've seen yourself. I mean. These games were off at the start of October and we're only finding out now in the start of December that, that, that actually what the outcome is. So in, in every scenario where the where games may have to be postponed because of COVID, if they have to go through this rigmarole all the time, then it's going to end up a very problematic end to the season, particularly when you start throwing in the weather we've had over the last couple of days and the likelihood for postponements in those situations. So I think that I would imagine the mentality that's went on you know, when it came to this, is how do you try your best to try and get as many games completed, um, whilst also trying to strike a balance when it comes to fairness. So it's, it's difficult. I understand there's anger because there's been other situations that are COVID-related that aren't quite the same as this one, but, you know, in the minds of people in the focus, it appears to be, you know, how one people getting treated like that and others are not. But, yeah, I, I think in a, in a very, very difficult situation yeah. for the league, I think I've had, I've yeah. had, I think they've had to make a decision and obviously the benefits of that so it, it, yeah. it, was a, it was a good day for us points and go we Brilliant Alan thank you so much I know you have uh, got your young uh, daughter to get to bed and I'm keeping you from that so I'll <laughs> let you go thank you very much that was Alan Burrows Chief Exec uh, of Motherwell giving us a wee Christmas feel good story to finish oh. us off you there's yeah. always room for a bit no, of that br- Absolutely brilliant Congratulations um, You two are about to lower the mood by making a mess of the rest of this teaser two more <laughs> the, the other one I can think of um Paul Dixon? No You want a clue? Yeah I'll need it Who are you playing tomorrow? Uh, we're playing Patrick Thistle uh, Ricky Foster Richard Foster He's in oh, there okay. And the last one I'll just give you the initials Hugh Because I know you like the initials You don't yeah. bother yourself With football Not related clues J Mick Or Jai Depending on how you see these things Jai It's not Jackie Mike no. Nah, nah, no. nah, nah Played for Aberdeen up here Amongst others 
Will I put you out your misery? Jamie McAllister. Thank you, Hugh Evans and Jim Duffy. We are here tomorrow, two o'clock, and it's the Sports Auction, one of the best shows of the year. We'd love for you to join us, and GBX Friday's up next.